With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06 Plus. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Adam Silver knows this is a player-driven league. Sports can serve as a unifying force. I'm tuning in to watch a game. There is no game. Change is uncomfortable. Uncomfortable maybe to yourself and to a lot of other people. You know, Black Lives Matter has kind of been lost here. Players want more done on voting issues. Players want more done on police reforms. I don't know if we're reacting the way that the players had hoped we would react. If you're going to be the beacon of light, you've got to go all in. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. How much pressure do you think is on LeBron right now? Well, it's a lot of pressure. Everyone is expecting you to lead the way. Certain people are built to handle it. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Hour two on this Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. We're going to talk to Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. He'll join us from inside the bubble. He has been reporting at um, all hours of the night the last two days, and uh, he'll join us. He's done a wonderful job in covering what's going on in the bubbles, uh, these uh, bubble and these meetings that are going on, private meetings, um, and uh, he'll join us because it's been a long 48 hours here. And just to recap a little bit from what my source told me, and this is the source who is, uh, represents some players in the bubble, said to me the uh, previous night, that this is a hot burner, that this is bleeping hot right now. Front burner, this is bleeping hot, was his uh, quote to me. Because I wondered what was going on. It felt like there was something that was going to explode. And that's what he said when we first started talking. And then I talked to him yesterday afternoon, and I said, so what, what is the end result? He goes, well, the end game is what you need to mention to your audience. The players just want to know, okay, we did this. Now what's it mean? And we'll talk to Chris Haynes about it. 
And from what I was told also in that conversation, this is not about now. This is about five years, 10, 15, 20 years. This is about the next generation coming into the NBA. That's how important it is. The players feel like we have this opportunity, seize the moment here. And they really debated if you do walk out of the bubble, then what do you accomplish? If you stay in the bubble, what do you accomplish? You took three days off with no basketball and you boycott. What did you accomplish? These are the questions that some of these players are still trying to find answers to. I just saw this from Jim Trotter, covers the NFL. NFL owners should be careful. A few prominent black players are telling me they want to sit out a game to make their feelings felt in force change slash action. They're tired, frustrated, and emotional. It's only a few at this point, but sparks become flames and flames become infernos. That's uh, Jim Trotter. Also saw this. Roughly 100 NBA employees, according to Malika Andrews from the Mothership. These employees based in New York are on strike today in solidarity with the NBA and WNBA players pushing for social justice. They will be spending the day calling elected officials. It's fluid. It's right in front of us here. And we're not going to have basketball today. It looks like we'll have basketball coming up tomorrow. We are less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. And now these NFL players, as Jim Trotter is pointing out, it's almost like you're handing a baton to somebody. Okay? You did it. Then you hand the baton off to somebody else. Maybe it's another sport. Maybe it's the NHL. Maybe it's MLS. Maybe it's baseball. You're handing the baton off. And the baton is going to get handed off to the NFL soon. If we had a season already started... I'm going to guess you would have players who are going to boycott or sit out a game. We're two weeks away, less than two weeks away. And I think this is where coaches, it is really important in the message that you discuss, you talk about. What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? What do you want to say? And Bruce Arians basically said to his team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, don't just protest, get out there and do things. Let's do things. It's not just you're going to protest something or say something. Go out there and do things. That's the really important part here. But that's Bruce's take on his directive with his team. Uh, I saw where Saquon Barkley is uh, at least discussing or thought about sitting out a game. These are things that are going to happen over the next two weeks. And then once the season starts as well. So Jim Trotter with uh, that piece of information that some prominent black players are telling him that they want to sit out a game to make their feelings felt. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. You still have a chance for the next great podcast. We have now close to 1,200 entries here. It, totally blowing away what we thought we were going to get. But I'm happy that you get an opportunity to at least submit your idea for a podcast. Whatever it is, doesn't have to be sports. In fact, I'd prefer it wasn't sports. I'm interested in so many things here. And judging from how many entries, the different entries from all over the world. Uh, we got two from New Zealand yesterday. Uh, we got one from Russia as well. Next great podcast. And uh, we're going to select 10 semifinalists. You get $1,000 producing a pilot episode. And then we'll vote on it. People uh, who listen to iHeartRadio, they're going to vote and decide who I'm going into business with. We will produce a podcast together. Full question, McLovin, what do you have for me today? So I actually put up which QB storyline are you most excited about for the NFL? Because all the ones we were talking about were basically quarterbacks. 
Tom Brady in Tampa Bay is running away with it. But guess what's second? The other choices are Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, or Joe Burrow. I'm going to guess the Cowboys. No, it, it's Joe Burrow. Okay. I have not. Wait, why are people excited for 3-13 and 13 to see if Burrow's good enough to hold off uh, Trevor Lawrence? Is that what I just think, I'm curious to see if Joe Burrow is good. How are you going to tell in Cincinnati their whole O-line will be injured by week four and A.J. Green is going to be out by the end of this, this segment? Sorry, I have, I have some feelings about the Bengals. No, I know, but it's because they turned their back on Andy Dalton, so you have to stop that. But also, do they, they traditionally do have injury problems, and they're already having injury problems. Yeah. It's hard to, that's what I'm saying, it's hard to evaluate Burrow because the team is young and rebuilding. I, I go back to what I said. I don't know how good Tua is because if you're the quarterback at Alabama, I got two wide receivers who went in the first round and two more wide receivers going into the first round next year's draft. I got all these offensive linemen. I mean, I, I have everything that I need there to be great. Now when I extract you from Alabama and put you in with Miami or Joe Burrow, that LSU team, skill position, wide receivers, as good as I've ever seen in college football. And you, you've got a great offensive coordinator who's now with Carolina. And I don't know how good Joe Burrow is because the previous year, he was okay. And then he became the number one pick in the draft. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. So, yeah, that's a big storyline, I think. Yeah, Paul. Going back to the poll, I think everyone jumps on watching rookie quarterbacks in September because you're not going to see them play in January. You're not going to see them play in, you know, deep in the playoffs. I remember a bunch of years ago, I think there was the debut is Marcus Mariota versus Jameis yeah. Winston, and they played each other on the first game. I was watching that way over big-time teams. Yeah, and I was really interested in that because you want to see, okay, Heisman Trophy winners, uh, let me see how they play. And, and you're normally going to, usually going to a bad team. And that's where you just want to see sort of signs that you're a leader. Uh, hey, you're going to get knocked, at, back, knocked down and get back up. I mean, Joe Burrow had the greatest college football season a quarterback has ever had. And he was going against great competition, high-level competition. And he produced in the clutch. Now you go to the Bengals, and you're going to a team. And the reason why you're going there is because they're not good. And now it starts. Let's see what you can do and how long it takes for that turnaround, if you're able to do that. It's just like Baker Mayfield. They were on the cusp of doing something pretty spectacular, I thought, and he played really well that first year. And then he had the dip. Now I look at it basically like this. He's having a rookie, another rookie season because I don't know what to expect out of Baker Mayfield. I expect them to make the playoffs. Yeah, McLovin. I think you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, Justin Fields had historically one of the greatest. He was 41-3 and three last year. Like, yeah. All these guys have these great big numbers. It's, I find it really hard to figure out what does that mean anymore. Well, until we allow defenses to catch up, we're going to continue to have this. But that's why you have this proliferation of offense. You know, we're, All sports are trying to get more offense. You know, the NBA, can't put my hand on you. Everybody's shooting threes. Everybody, you know, stars get to the free throw line. The NFL, you know, I can't do anything as a defensive back. I'm really, really, really limited there. And if you're going to have these offense, and an offense is usually ahead of the defense. I mean, it's rare when you have a defense, you know, Seattle's Legion of Boom or the Ravens with Ray Lewis. Uh, you know, you get one of those great defenses. I mean, even the Niners last year, that was a great defense. And you can only hold down Patrick Mahomes for so long. And they did their best 
And then they gave up the big play to Tyreek Hill, and then they ended up losing the Super Bowl because of that, among other things. Yeah, Paul. All right, this is for the room. Week one, worst game that if you the game you least want to watch, Jets Bills. Ooh man, Bills are fun. All right, Bears Lions. Oh God, <laughs> let's chew on that. Uh, Raiders Panthers. Is that saucy? Colts, Jaguars, Phil Rivers. Oh. <laughs> That's tough too. I'm trying to sell. That's tough. I I can't watch the Bears and the Lions. I I can't. I have to. I, just, I but I can't. Yeah. I can't. Titans, Broncos. Titans are good. Oh yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. I I got to see if Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry can make magic. If Drew Locke is going to be great. No, Todd. Just because it's the Broncos, you don't get to talk. What else, Paulie? Those are the bad ones. All right. Um, I also saw this story. Nebraska players are suing the Big Ten. They want to play. And there's a a key item in here that people should hear about. What is going on? The players argue that the Big Ten Council presidents and chancellors failed to actually vote on cancellation of the fall 2020 season in violation of bylaws that require at least 60% of the council to approve that decision. They had an informal vote. And that's why I came in and told you what that vote was. It was 12-2 with Nebraska and Iowa, their president saying they wanted to play. Now, the players also claim the Big Ten relied on a study of potential COVID-19 health effects on patients who are, quote, much older than college football players and not in similar physical condition to them. The players likewise tout the notion that a college football environment is, quote, safer for the athletes than an environment where college football isn't being played. And I think you can make that case there. And I've made that case. But I don't know if you can get an injunction here. But this does come down to, I don't know if the Big Ten explored everything they needed to explore. I know the Pac-12 was going to be the first conference to shut down. And they were relying on the Big Ten to join them. And that's what happened. But I thought the Big Ten, if I have football in Ohio, so I have high school football in Ohio, And the Bengals and the Browns are playing. I have the University of Cincinnati playing football. But I don't have Ohio State playing. I I just have questions. And I don't know if there are people in the Big Ten who have answers. And I understand the frustration. Because these players are looking around and saying, wait a minute, they're playing. And they're playing. Can I even transfer to another school? I like how Lane Kiffin came out and said, hey, I think these players should be able to transfer. Right, Lane. If Lane was at USC and these players didn't get to play and they were like, oh, we're leaving, he'd be like, oh, you can't leave. That scholarship is binding. Surprised Lane Kiffin didn't name players that he wanted to transfer. Justin Fields should be able to transfer to Mississippi State. Just saying. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Thank you, Lane. Uh, a couple of phone calls here, and then we'll talk to Chris Haynes from Yahoo Sports. We have the Traeger fired up. We're having a clam bake today. We've never done this on the Traeger, but Alan, who was our IT guy and chef, he said, uh, we're going to have a clam bake. And uh, I said, all right. So I went out, and uh, I, of course, inspected, as I always do every uh, Friday, and wanted to make sure that it was going to be cooked on a Traeger because I said that's the key. 
you know, we can't say, hey, we had clam bake and we didn't cook it on the Traeger. He goes, it's going to be cooked on the Traeger. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that for the Danettes for this uh, meat Friday. I don't even know what's in a clam bake other than there's clams that are baking. Sausage, corn, potatoes, sometimes onions. Lobster? Um, yeah, more like uh, shellfish. Yeah, some, some, there might be some lobster. I think we have shrimp, mussels. Mm. So a, old, a lot of Old Bay seasoning. Old Bay. Oh, that's are the, those the leaves? No, it, Old Bay is. I think it's out of Baltimore, out of Maryland. It's a uh, seasoning. It's fantastic. But mm. there are bay leaves. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is that the one that can kill you? Like, is, is old, there technically just to be safe for old people who love Old Bay? Old Bay cannot kill you. No, the leaf. Oh. Have you ever had a dish where somebody will say, oh, don't, oh, you might find this in there, but don't eat it. It could kill you. Like poinsettia? <laughs> I no, I don't know. Mount, I, Mountain Dew? Maybe somebody was trying to poison me. I don't know. Hey, don't eat that. It'll kill you. Hmm. But I, I thought there was like a bay leaf or something that you can't eat it or you shouldn't eat it or it could harm you. Yes, McClellan. Are we going to pull out a guitar, go full clam bake? Are we doing this the right way? Like, is this going to be like on, on the, the beach, beach at like bonfire? Digit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Beach Boys, maybe we get the Beach Boys. Yeah, Seton, do you have uh... This says, uh, not true. Bay leaves may be eaten without toxic effect. However, they remain unpleasantly stiff even after a thorough cooking. And if swallowed whole or in large pieces, they may pose a risk of harming the digestive tract or cause choking. Unpleasantly stiff is yeah. the Todd Fritz documentary. <laughs> I, think. I, think, I saw it. I, I think I've that, seen that wasn't supposed to be announced in a press release for at least a few weeks. Unpleasantly stiff. And the digestive tract, the whole thing. Yeah. There. It's not a long documentary. Oh dear. Or is it Pink Floyd album? Unpleasantly Unple- stiff. Unpleasantly stiff. I can't remember. Uh, become... Doesn't that sound like a band? Ladies and gentlemen. Unpleasantly stiff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple of phone calls here. Eric. <laughs> Eric. And loose. It's Friday. Eric in California. Hi, Eric. What do you have for me today? DP. Hey. How you doing, sir? Good, 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 good. 63185. Um, just a couple things about this NBA situation. Um, I, I, I'm all for change. I'm all for, um, you know, the fight against racism. I, I think that's a noble cause, and I think it's definitely needed, but where where I struggle with it, Dan, is I feel like there's a shared responsibility in a lot of these police brutality cases. Um, the victims are typically, you know, resisting arrest and, you know, they're convicted felons sometimes. And does that mean that they deserve to be shot? Absolutely not. Um, but I, I just I, I I hate hearing and I don't like hearing um you know, the, us paint these pictures of these, you know, angels and their complete innocence and they're being victimized. It's, it's there's a, it's a two-way street, you know. When, when you get pulled over by a cop, you listen and you do what they're saying, right? And a lot of times these guys are under the influence and there's other factors. I, I don't want to break down these individual cases and I don't want to have a blanket statement here, Eric, that everybody's under the influence here. I would just hope that you could subdue somebody without shooting them seven times in the back. Any person. And I thought of my late great friend, John Saunders. I loved him dearly because John, he was no nonsense, former hockey player. I worked with him at the mothership. And I remember we were sitting around one night and having a couple of beers. And John said, you know, I better get on the road here because he drove a red Porsche. And uh, he said, because I... You know, I, I get pulled over occasionally. And I said, 
you've only had two beers. He goes, oh, no, that's not it. It's, it's a DWB. And I said, DW driving, he goes, driving while black. And I had, it's probably 25 years ago. That was the first time I heard it. And he goes, yeah, I have a nice car and I get pulled over. And then we had a, a director and he drove a BMW and he was African-American. And he said, yeah, DWB. And he lived in the same neighborhood I did. And, and you know, so we're driving, we would be driving the same, you know, both driving nice cars. DWB. But I'm not here to break down these things. I told you that I would talk about when sports intersected with what was going on in society or something that was real and affected what was going on in sports. But I'm not here looking at every individual case. And just I promised you I would not do that. But I just give you my thoughts on this, my experiences with this, talking to people about this. You make up your mind or you've already made up your mind. But I would just hope if somebody even is resisting arrest, that I could somehow subdue them without shooting them seven times. That's it. Okay. Chris Haynes will join us coming up next year. It's 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or, I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well... 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names. Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. They got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. This is the last show that we'll have on YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show before we officially move to Peacock. It was a soft launch is what they like to say this week and gave you the opportunity to make that transition from YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show over to Peacock starting on Monday. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at show. We bring in Chris Haynes, who's done a great job the last 48 hours He's been the MVP of the bubble. He's like the T.J. Warren of reporters down there. Chris Haynes, the host of uh, Post Up with Chris Haynes, a podcast, and uh, TNT courtside reporter, Yahoo Sports NBA insider, back on the program. Where do things stand today as we speak right now at 1025 Eastern, Chris? Well, there are, there are practices today. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the first time since what? since Tuesday or Wednesday mornings, the guy if um, teams have early practices. So uh, it's a full slate of practices today. So we'll get a chance to hear some uh, from some of the players and kind of get their perspective, you know, personally on, you know, what it's been like for them over the last 48, 72 hours. Well, as the headline of your latest column said, inside the emotional 48 hours that saved the NBA's bubble, how close were we to shutting this down? Look, I think uh, LeBron James was was very pivotal uh, in how this all happened. It, you know, I have to I have to commend Chris Paul, the president of the Players Association, um, the VP Andre Iguodala, um, CJ McCollum on the executive committee. Like those guys did a tremendous job in working all hours of the day, um, not getting much sleep over these last few days and just trying to talk with everybody. There was multiple meetings had. There were small meetings. There were big meetings. Um, just trying to figure out a way how everybody can find some common ground. 
there was a lot of emotions, man. It, DP, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and so I know a lot of times the the player the player contingent side gets a, gets a bad rap, specifically when they're going up against the ownership group. But I, you know, you want to got to remind folks that you know the ownership group is only 30 of them opposed to 450 players. The ownership group are a bunch of established, um, successful people in the business field, um, mature individuals, where where the players mostly are young, just came into money, learning on the fly what it is to be a man, what it is to be a professional. So whenever you get a large group of guys in the one room or one call, there's going to be differences of opinions. There's going to be egos class. And Chris Paul does a great job of just trying to manage all that. And so, you know, these last couple of days, you know, let's, let's start with LeBron James you know, Wednesday. You know, initially, you know, sources told me, you know, he let it be known. The Lakers are out. And he walked out the um, walked out the meeting. Um, Udonis Haslam, the Heat kind of pressed him, was like, what are you going to do? What's going on? He, he walked out. The Lakers followed. The Clippers followed soon after. They they voted as well to boycott it, and, and um, things changed. LeBron James' position changed over the next day. And, and I please urge people to go read it. You know, get more in depth on on Yahoo Sports. Uh, read the report and trying to get. Uh, I, I wish I could tell you everything, but I know time is condensed. But a, a lot happened in these last forty to eight seventy two hours to get us to this point. But this is what I was told yesterday, and that is. What is the end game? A source said that that was a concern with the players. All right, we're going to boycott, and we're going to boycott for three days. So what what do we want? Um, what is going to happen that is going to bring us back? So how would you answer that? Well, this is what I would say. So, and I'm not to trying to take anything away from the player's narrative, but, you know, we talk about a boycott. Well, let's say, let's start with this. The Bucks. They just intended to forfeit. You know, the the latest the latest shooting that happened in their backyard, right? This was personal for them. They just intended to forfeit. You know, they it wasn't this whole boycott, this wasn't an organized thing by the players. Everyone was caught off guard if you wasn't a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. So once the Bucks did this, it made it kinda impossible for, you know, the rest of the teams to to play the game, you know, it just wouldn't have looked right, and so that was the that was the problem for LeBron and many others is that the Bucks did this, but now everybody is in this situation where we're sitting out. So now, what's the end game? That was LeBron's frustration. That was part of the reason why he walked out of the meeting as well. It was like we're doing this. You you forced us to sit. Right, this wasn't organized by everybody. Everybody wasn't on one accord. We wasn't informed about this, and so now we're in this place. Now what? What is the end game? What are we asking for? What are we demanding? So that was his issue. That was some of the um, issues, you know, everybody else. And then you have Udonis Haslam. You know, he, he kind of questioned, you know, George Hill and, you know, other players who felt like them saying, like, because George Hill, the Bucks, you know, he was kind of one that orchestrated for the Bucks to, to sit that game out. And he was like, who, who are we as veterans to tell everybody that it's in our best interest to leave Orlando? All the, all the youngsters that's in this league and playing, they're not financially secure to go through with a drastic move and leave this bubble and leave money on the table. So that is very selfish of, of us to, to try to make everybody go out there and do this. So there was different ways, different variants of opinions. 
and um, feelings and emotions. Emotions were high because, you know, this had just happened. You know, all these boycotts, well, boycotts, these not playing of games had just happened, and there was a meeting just hours later. So it's just raw emotions and tension, let alone, you know, to add on with – players frustrated and feeling guilt for playing um, considering what's going on you know within the black community and so you know it, it was just a lot of things to, to unpack chris haynes from yahoo sports joining us uh, michael jordan's role in getting basketball back in the bubble was what he basically was um just being the voice of the players and trying to um, convey to the owners you know how serious this is what this means uh to the players and you know, LeBron James was very vocal on that call uh, with, with the owners and telling them, like, more needs to be done. Uh, we, we need you. We need resources um, cemented within the black community. We need you to, to use your influence and your power to affect change and, you know, legislate legislative system and, um, you know, with laws. And so, you know, he, he left. This is what I was told. I was told that LeBron left the call with the owners feeling like, progress was made and after that that's when he started really to feel comfortable about returning to play because that was all LeBron wanted was that if we're doing this if we're all forced to sit now which this is what we have to do what is the end game what are we demanding change of and he felt like progress was made but you know in fairness to the owners they they have been, I think, accommodating with a lot of the requests with Black Lives Matter on the court, with uh, the names, uh, whatever you wanted to put uh, on the jerseys, how much money that they have uh, put up. I think $300 million, um, which is a start here. That, that's what I didn't understand. What the, I, I don't know if there's mixed messages with why they boycotted. And that's what I was told yesterday. Are they trying to bring more attention back into the bubble? Because it felt like, and I said this yesterday, we, I don't see Black Lives Matter on the floor like I did when we first started. It's almost like advertising in a baseball game, like Citibank is in the back, or even what's on your jersey. And I was told, you know, these players feel like we can't get out of the bubble. So while we're in the bubble, we want to make sure that we get it's refocused on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish here. Do you follow that sentiment here? Well, I'll say this, DP. So when you're talking about um, players boycotting, I think we need to kind of change that narrative. You know, a boycott is an organized position. They they were forced into this. So I I don't even want to – I have a problem really calling a boycott. This was something they were forced into. So now that they're in this position, um, they felt like they had to ask for something. They had to demand something. So you know that that's 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 kind of the, that's kind of the real view of of how it's shaped up. And then I would say this, DP. Not you know not every owner uh, wanted to have Black Lives Matter, you know, on the court. Yeah. Not every owner wanted the whole bubble of people to be. Um, you know, wearing T-shirts to say Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? It's, it's like it's to the point, DP, where you know the Black Lives Matter is is a it's, it's become a fashion statement because you know I'm walking around here and I remember three months ago Black Lives Matter wasn't viewed as a as a positive uh, gesture, and, and now everybody is wearing it. Like and so, um, you know, and I think players see that and they understand that. Okay, you're, you're, you maybe put money. Into something, but owners have your views changed, 
have your thoughts changed about what we're dealing with in society. And and uh, I just felt they, they I felt the players, you know, took this time. They felt like it was a time to ask for something, um, ask for something to get something in return. Because if they went back and played DP, you know, is it really a boycott? What is that doing? You're you're sitting out a game. And like I said, I don't. I'm not even comfortable calling it a boycott, considering how the the way you know everything happened initially. Players upset with George Hill for starting this. You know, convincing his teammates to basically forfeit a game against Orlando. Well, yeah, they, they you know, they, they, there's a, there's a bunch of players who felt like he wasn't speaking for everybody or wasn't thinking for all. Um, you know, that's the point Udonis Haslam made is that, you know, when you're, when you're here trying to tell everybody to leave, you know, everybody's not financially secure to do that. And that's one of the um, emphasis that Michelle Roberts, executive of the Players Union, and Andre Iguodala, you know, that's one thing they harped on is that, you know, you know, informing them of the ramifications of leaving, what that can do. The CBA will likely be torn up by the, by the owners, and it'll put them in a worse situation financially down the road in the next CBA. So all those things had to be weighed. And a lot, and a, and a lot of this is a sentiment from a lot of players for not leaving the bubble because they felt like if we leave the bubble, we're losing money. Now, if we want to give back to our communities, you know, invest back into communities, put money back into the communities, how does that bode, how does leaving the bubble and losing money bode well for that? Yeah. Like we 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 have an opportunity to stay here, raise awareness, continue to get paid, and to be able to enact change financially and to give back. So that that was that was a sentiment from a lot of players. We playing basketball Saturday. Yeah, I believe we're playing basketball Saturday. I see it. Uh, we we should have a, a firm firm statement from the league today on that. Good stuff, Chris. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it as always. Have a good weekend. Take care, DP. That's Chris Haynes. That's a tired reporter right there. You can hear it. TNT courtside reporter and, of course, Yahoo Sports NBA insider host of Post It Up with Chris Haynes, his podcast there. Yep. So they come back on Saturday, it looks like. And I don't know if they come back unified, but I think the Bucks catching everybody off guard Boy, that was a that was a bone of contention because now you basically say to everybody else, you got to boycott a show of solidarity. You can't go in the bubble and have a, a show of solidarity in the bubble. And then this happens. And then just the Bucks are the ones who want to forfeit. And, and I was the one that was informed that the players wanted to call it a boycott. And Chris was saying you can't call it a boycott because the other teams didn't want to boycott. All right, uh, uh, Damon in Ohio joins us. Hey, Damon, what do you have for me today? How you doing, DP? Good, sir. Hey, I just I love what y'all do, and I, I I listen to y'all every day. And the thing is, um, with this uh, boycott, protest, whatever it is, in regards to that, it brings light to everything that's going on. And some of the some of the things some of the things that is transparent or not transparent is bringing it to light. 
is giving it a beacon of light. Well, hopefully that's what you know we're trying to do. But this is this is a learning process for all of us. And I think you're seeing that even with these players. These are young players. Now, not everybody's 35, 36 like LeBron. You got young players. And having them see the big picture. And what is the big picture for them? Now in the bubble and when they get out of the bubble. Uh, roughly 100 NBA employers, uh, employees based in New York are on strike today in solidarity with the NBA, WNBA, the players pushing for social justice. They, uh, according to Malika Andrews of ESPN, they will spend the day calling elected officials. Um, and I, I throw this back out there for you just to be aware of. Jim Trotter, great reporter covering the NFL. NFL owners should be careful. A few prominent black players are telling me that they want to sit out a game to make their feelings felt and force change slash action. They are tired, frustrated, and emotional. It's only a few at this point, but sparks become flames. Flames become infernos. And I'll go back to what I said about this situation. What happens with this boycott, protest, show of solidarity is the WNBA has really been at the forefront of all of this. And then you're going to pass the baton to the NBA. Then it could be MLS. Then it could be baseball. Then it could be the NHL. Well, next on the uh, relay team is going to be the NFL. In less than two weeks, we're going to be playing football. And these players are going to have pressure to do something. And you have to understand that. And it shouldn't just be pressure on the black players, but it will be as Jim Trotter is pointing out a few prominent black players, that they want to sit out a game. Not they're thinking about, they want to. I don't know what kind of groundswell you're going to have, but I do think in two weeks from now, this could be the conversation as we start the NFL season. Yeah, Paul. And if you're Roger Goodell, you've done everything in the past five months to not alter your schedule. The draft, even though it was different, it was on time, on schedule. The NFL season, as of this morning, is on schedule. There's not been one change except for removing preseason. He's in a dicey position to negotiate this. Well, you still have owners who haven't decided what they're going to allow their players to do. You know, Jerry Jones. Um, some of these owners are going to be okay with some kind of show of solidarity or protest prior to the start of the game, the anthem. Others, players don't even know if they're able to. And this is a commissioner who's kind of flip-flopped on this whole issue the last four years with Kaepernick, with the anthem. Um, you know, he's trying to have be a revisionist historian here, going back and, hey, we should have listened. Or, no, you're still not listening, at least in my opinion. But uh, I, th I think we're headed towards something here in the NFL in the next two weeks. Just something to file away. Uh, but I think that there's going to be an inordinate amount of pressure on these players to do something. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up next. Dan Patrick show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon, Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. All right, everybody game off. Let's pause here to talk more about monopoly. Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that but there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments 
where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL. Featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And... You got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was watching some baseball yesterday. Clayton Kershaw, my guy. Um, I had a stat on Clayton Kershaw. Here you go. 
Clayton Kershaw is now 4-1 and one on the season. ERA is 1.80. For his career, he's now 173-75, and 75, the winningest left-handed pitcher in the history of baseball with a winning percentage of almost 700. This is a minimum 1,000 innings pitched. Thank you. Start of the day! Start of the day! Also, I didn't know this. The Dodgers and the White Sox are off to an all-time record of um, most home runs per game in a single season. Now, granted, this is not going to count the record books for 60 games. The Dodgers at 1.91, almost two home runs a game. The White Sox are 1.9. The 2019 Twins and Yankees are second on the list. The 2020 Padres are in there. So these are the all-time records, and they've all taken place in the last two years. The Padres at 1.85. Kershaw might win the Cy Young. Yeah, Dan, he's 4-1, 1.8 ERA. There's a couple guys, you Darvish, Sonny Gray, a few other people that are like five wins. No one's got six wins yet in the National League. Uh, Jeff in Detroit back on the show. Good morning, Jeff. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. What's going hey, on? Uh, one time for chat row. Uh, listen, man, I wanted to tell you thank you very much for having a discussion yesterday. You know that, uh, as some might not know, I used to be a police officer. I've been in that situation before. I love the NBA for doing what they did. They took a stand and they brought attention to it. They have people talking about it. And see, what happens is, if you're not black, if you haven't had this happen to you before, if you haven't been in a situation where you have been marginalized because of your skin or your color or your race, then you really can't say nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing that you can say. And I was a police officer. Well, Jeff, so explain that to just, me, though. And, and I know this is just one incident, but when what are you taught? Oh, no, I got, a, I got an incident for you, Dan, okay. that the exact same thing happened to me. Me and my partner rolled up on the scene. MSP, Michigan State Police, was handling it. It was a crazy guy, and he had the knife actually in his hand. And they were getting ready to shoot him. The only reason why they didn't shoot him, because they were scared of crossfire. So they were getting in a position where they could take proper aim at him. I told my partner, I said, we got to get out here before they kill this guy. My partner distracted the crazy guy. I ran full speed, tackled him. You should fight before you do anything. You de-escalate the situation. You try to figure out what's going on. And at the last resort, should a, a, a deadly force be used? That's, in, that's the last resort. You grabbing a guy by his shirt tail, going in his car, and shooting him in the back seven times, it's ridiculous. And you're going to tell me he had a knife in the car? So wait a minute. He has three kids in the car. He's going to go around the car, go in the car, get a knife who have, uh, against two officers that have weapons trained on him. No. Come on, man. That's, if you believe that, i got some Super Bowl tickets for the Detroit Lions to sell you. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up, man. And it's a sad situation because we need people to come together. We need help from everywhere. We need help from the white community, the Hispanic community, because this is an epidemic. If you can sit up and watch people just get killed for being a certain color, dude, come on now. Yeah. What, uh, are we human? Are we all not human? We all a part of the human race. My skin might be different from yours, but we all got here the same way, and we all leaving here the same way. We should get together and try to figure this thing out because police training in the, in, 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 in the country. 
It's horrible. Hey, uh, it's horrible. You have to learn how to de-escalate the situation. You got to. Jeff, uh, stay on hold. Uh, uh, Marvin Allen wanted to talk to you for a second. But thank you for calling in and have a great weekend. Thank you, bud. Um, by the way, I saw Lute Olson, the Hall of Fame coach, former Arizona coach. He passed away at the age of 85. What a gentleman. Uh, first time I met him, probably back in the mid-80s. And uh, was just a gentleman. He, he was, But he was known as Midnight Loot because if you thought you had a player, Loot still thought he had a chance to recruit him. <laughs> Damon Stoudemire, I think, was going to go to Louisville. And Loot Olsen got a hold of him and spent three hours on the phone, and Damon Stoudemire went to the University of Arizona. Um, but got a national title at Bibby. Uh, Miles Simon. But he started at Iowa. And he, he always would have those teams that you, you'd go, boy, they're well coached. Iowa would always pull off a couple of surprises you know, each season. And then he went to Arizona, but passing away at the uh, age of 85. I just, my description was always, he was just, he was a gentleman. Handled himself with class. McLevin, are we going to stay with the poll question? We could try something else for hour three. The question was, what's the QB storyline you're most looking forward mm. to? Tom Brady was running away with it. Second place, still Joe Burrow. Nobody cares about Dak Prescott. Don't we need clicks? Let's talk some Cowboys. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised at that because I do. I care about the, this is, as Mike McCarthy said, it's basically Super Bowl or bust this year. Now, I don't know what the bust is because McCarthy's not losing his job after one year, but the expectation level should be Super Bowl for the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. Imagine scheduling one game because you have one player who might be a top 10 draft pick. North Dakota State's going to do that for their star quarterback. We'll talk to their head coach coming up. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.